0: Verizon has been a consistent leader in 5G. But while its next generation network is known for lightning speeds, it also has a rep for a limited range and coverage. I'm Roger Chang and this is your daily charge. We've got Verizon Chief Technology Officer Kyle Mullady on in the first of a three-part interview to discuss the state of 5G. So just to kick things off, what is the state of Verizon's
1: 5G deployment? Oh man, um, good question. We have a real we have a lot going on at the moment. You know, we started this journey you know, years ago, by frankly, um, uh, actually coming up with our own 5G spec. So we could uh, bring that 5G spec along with uh, some millimeter wave spectrum that uh, we purchased. And, you know, all the idea of trying to really leapfrog the current generation of of technology. And uh, it's been a, a few years. Um, we're really happy with the progress. We launched our first commercial 5G uh, networks last uh, last April, and since then, uh, 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 two two major things we've been doing. One is optimizing the technology, you know, for use in the in the, the wider network, and deploying more and more nodes. And so, on both you know on both fronts, we've been really making a lot of a lot of good progress on the technology side. I don't want to get too geeky, but you know, we started off with our deployments at something called Four CC. And what that is, is four chunks of uh, spectrum gang together. And with that, we're able to get close to, or over sometimes two gigabits a second on a, you know, on a cell phone. Uh, But um, we've been working on something called HCC, which actually gangs up eight chunks of spectrum together. And we're gonna be able to get over four gigabits a second. We've been doing that in the labs and in some of our field trials. So uh, we continue to work on the technology on the downlink. We're working on NR technology on the uplink, so you can get much faster speeds coming from the device up to the network. And so that's coming along well. And then finally, we've really ramped up our um, deployment in terms of small cell um, deployment throughout the country. We're, we're going to put five to six times more nodes on than we did last year. And, um, you know, right now we're on target. We're doing really well in terms of getting the, uh, the equipment out there.
0: Yeah, and uh, I know you just hit San Jose recently, hitting your 36th market. I know you have a target for 60 markets with 5G by the end of the year. Is that still uh, an achievable target, something you're still shooting for?
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We continue the momentum. Uh, we've, um, you know, we have those markets that we launched. And uh, you know, we, the Bay Area, we did in conjunction with our MEC uh, announcement. But uh, we have a whole bunch of other cities that we're working really hard in right now. And you'll start seeing those roll out uh, towards the uh, you know towards the second half year. and um, you know we're we're right on track, and we're really excited to uh, start building some momentum and launching some new markets, and uh, and allowing people to uh, really experience the great you know the great uh, um, service and capabilities that five G uh, ultra wideband has to offer.
0: Well, let's talk about ultra wideband because that's uh, also known as sort of using millimeter wave spectrum. Uh, it is, you know, it's got a rep for being extremely fast. You were talking about one, two gigs of speed, uh, but the range is limited, uh, and it's, it's, you know, often compared to sort of a, a hot spot on steroids, right? And so, you know, T-Mobile likes to, to bash you guys and say, you know, your customers only connect to five G a fraction of the time. What do you say to that? Especially as you're as you're broadening your deployment uh, and you're positioning this for consumers as something that they'd want to have. Um, how do you kind of reconcile that? The fact that like the, the the range continues to be pretty limited for this, The service is great. We can get it, but it is hard to get.
1: Yeah. So the um, here's the way I'd, I'd say that. We started, like I said, we started the journey years ago and the hardest thing to do is 5G with millimeter wave. But that's also where the greatest prize is. That is where you can really fundamentally change the way wireless works. And it wasn't, it wasn't lost on us that the range is certainly limited compared to a 700- uh, network 850 network and the you know the low band uh, spectrum that we had before. But I'll be honest, years ago, we weren't even sure you could use millimeter wave in a wireless commercial network. We've proven that to be the case. Now it's a matter of we got to keep building it out and we got to keep getting the nodes out there. But the technology is working as as we'd expect. So there hasn't been any surprises in terms of how much coverage. Now it's the ability to to get it out there get it more deeply deployed and also what you'll start seeing from us for in uh, the rest of the year here we're going to be putting out what we call 5g nationwide uh, which uses a technology called dSS which allows us 5g and 4g to share uh, low band spectrum so that's how we're going to get out our nationwide coverage starting in the, once again in the second half of this year uh, we've been working on that technology for a while with our partners and uh, we're going right we've, we've done field trials now we're in the middle of deploying it and testing it in live networks. And you'll see that in a, the second half of the year here too.
0: Yeah, yeah. with, with DSS, um, which is a fairly technical term for our listeners, I, I like to sort of compare it to if you've got existing high, like an existing four lane highway with 3G and 4G service, this technology allows you to basically on the fly, create a whole new lane for 5G and get cars that have those 5G modems able to kind of jump into that high speed lane, right?
1: I mean, that's, I'm going to steal that from you, Roger. That's actually a good, that's a good analogy. The, um, the, what, why we're really excited about it is like, you know, I often tell people I've been around for all the G's and typically what would happen is if you wanted to put on a new technology, you'd have to have like raw spectrum or you'd have to clear spectrum away to have the new technology live in that spectrum while still maintaining service on the older spectrum, on the other spectrum, because they couldn't, they couldn't come together. DSS really gives us the ability, just like you said, to mix it and optimize depending on what kind of devices are on the network. That gives us a much um, more efficient deployment methodology to get our whole network, and that ultimately is the, the end goal. Our whole network will be five G NR capable.
0: Got it. In terms of specifics, like when can we see dynamic spectrum sharing show up, and, and when when is that nationwide service coming? Because you know AT and T and T Mobile. Have been touting it for a while now, right? T-Mobile since really the end of last year, so they've got a big gain. The speed gains are not as big as millimeter wave for sure, but the coverage is there, and they can at least make the claim that you can get five G in a lot more places. So when does Verizon catch up?
1: You will, you will see it. You will see it this year for sure. We haven't, we haven't given a date, um, but it will be. And uh, we've always told everybody publicly it's in the back half of uh, this year. And we are absolutely on target to make that happen.
0: In terms of just beyond uh, DSS, because that is one method of getting more 5G capacity, but the industry, you, everyone needs more spectrum. It's just kind of looking out at the opportunities out there. I mean, talk a little bit about where you see those opportunities to get more spectrum and to make more use of spectrum to get 5G out
1: there. You know, I I give the the government a lot of credit. There's been, as you know, there's been millimeter wave auctions recently. There's been a bunch of those. They've been very well uh, subscribed to. Um, Right now, there's a CBRS auction going on. I can't speak about that uh, for obvious reasons. I'm not allowed, but, you know, that auction is happening. So the government worked on that for a long time to get that out. And now that auction is happening. That's going to put more, you know, usable spectrum to work. You know, we really applaud the government and the C-band and what they're doing there and they're on track for, uh, for later this year to make something available. And then also there was just a, a, an announcement this week uh, from the White House and the Pentagon about freeing up some DOD spectrum. Now, And that's, that's fantastic. They're talking about 100 megahertz of width and you know that's fantastic. That is enough bandwidth. You have to remember, we, when we started this industry, we were talking five and 10 megahertz chunks and now the government's making available huge huge swaths of uh, spectrum which if in you know the right hands and investments come along can really really up the up the game and really further what we can do in wireless here in the United States so there's a lot of good runway for new spectrum coming coming available and and we're excited that uh that's happening and uh we look to participate
0: and just for our listeners who are less savvy about the the nature of spectrum the different flavors of spectrum in terms of the, the opportunities you see out there and the the spectrum that's getting freed up, how does that augment your 5g network? Is it, is it more high band stuff, more mid band, more low band? It's a little bit of all of it, I'm sure. But uh, as you're sort of seeing the opportunities, like where do you sort of see the biggest opportunities for bulking up 5g?
1: Yeah, good. So that, that, that's, it's a great question. So we just, uh, you know, sometimes in my industry, we get, uh, we we just talk in the parlance of it and uh, we get caught up. But, it's almost to what you were saying before there's trade-offs and it's really physics. So the higher up you go into the gigahertz range, the signal doesn't carry as far. And if you're down in low band spectrum, the signal carries farther, but the the spectrum swaths seem to be they're a lot less. They're not as wide. So it's this trade-off. So we um we have great assets all across the uh you know the low band, the the millimeter wave, we uh Uh, We have the most millimeter wave in the nation. And then there's the mid band and the mid bands um, really good because it's uh, it's a mix of both. You get the best of both worlds, if you will. You get you get good coverage, uh, but you get not as much bandwidth and big swaths as you do in millimeter wave. But you get you get good chunks. And that's what the government's put up. And um, and that's why it's interesting. So you have in your portfolio, you'd like to have all three of these. Chunks of spectrum, and so you can optimize your overall uh, wireless uh, and networking experience.
0: Now, uh, sort of looking ahead to uh, really the the fall, we're going to see more high profile five G devices. Um, we've seen T Mobile leapfrog AT T as number two player, thanks really to its acquisition of Sprint. Uh, but I'm just curious, as, as you're, you're looking, you know, as you're looking down, you're the, as the as the leader. Uh, if there is, is there anything you're doing? Special, from I guess a technical perspective to maintain that edge, maintain that lead over your competitors
1: yeah you know what roger i don't we're not doing anything different than we 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 ever have. I mean, a reliable, great network is the basis of our brand, and what my team and I do every day is really just to make sure we continue to do that, and a lot of it comes down to maybe not even so much this you know the fancy technology, if you will. It's more about the reliability, making sure you're doing your preventative maintenance on your networks, making sure you have redundancy, making sure you're optimizing the best you can. So every single day, me and my folks, we show up and we just want to make the, be- the network better than we did yesterday. And it really shows up. So really understanding your network, the ability to characterize its performance, the ability to understand when you tweak something, what's going to happen as a result, keeping on top of capacity. There's a whole bunch of things we do in engineering and operations just to make sure when somebody hits send or opens a data session, the thing works. So so really, it's that is is what we continue our mantra, uh, best quality network. We live it every day, and that's what we're going to continue to do. And part of that, though, is pressing the technology envelope. (laughs) That's the other part we need to do. And we've been doing it. I'll tell you, like I said, I've been around for all the G's. I've never, you know, we're talking specifically about 5G and RAN right now, radio access network. But what's going on in the core, what we're doing with mobile edge compute and how a whole bunch of different technologies are coming together to really spur a whole nother level, I think, of innovation. That's really going to be exciting over the next five years. That's that's really where where we get excited about. So in a nutshell, two things, quality, reliability, always focusing on that and then pushing the technology. That's that's our that's our mantra that's what we're going to keep doing.
0: Gotcha. And, and you know, as you said, you launched your first 5G city really back in April of last year. So it's been you've had considerable amount of time to kind of run these networks, test things. out. What are some of the key lessons that you've learned since that first deployment?
1: Yeah, so that's why and that's actually why we did the TF2. I'm a firm believer in and maybe you know I I think you learn by actually getting something into real life scenarios. There's always good work to do in a lab, but get the technology out in real life scenarios and you run into things you would not have otherwise thought about. And then you start testing it. You start thinking about technology, how I can optimize it. Um, A good example is our first revs of hardware and software uh, in 5G millimeter wave. We weren't getting exactly what we call the link budget, out of what we thought we would get so we've been working on that and optimizing it with our partners now we're getting uh to the to, to the theoretical things that we thought we would get to then we're also learning other things how different technologies are working in conjunction uh, with this new technology and we're able to you know work on that and work with our partners to to optimize that so we still haven't learned everything we're going to learn more but once we learn more we can characterize it we can optimize it, we can just keep making it better better and better and, and you know the same thing happens for LTE today. When we first launched LTE, you know, we optimized it, and there wasn't something, there wasn't even technology called carrier aggregation. But over time, we learned how to do that, and now that's uh, that's commonplace in the industry. And so, I just, we're just at the beginning of this, and, and we're going to keep uh, we're going to keep working on it and making it better, better, and better.
0: That wraps up the first part of our three part interview with Verizon CTO Kyle Malady. Check back in tomorrow for the second part for the Daily Charge. I'm Roger Chang.